welcome back and welcome for those new listeners who are listening today. And I actually have been thinking over the past few weeks how important wellness is and how important it is in our self-love journeys. So taking care of yourself and making sure that your mind, body, and soul are well-nourished is a way to not just survive, but to thrive, right? And so on today's episode, I have a guest come on the show. Her name is Vanessa Petch. Vanessa is a small town girl from Montreal, Canada, who is passionate about gut health, traveling the world, and finding new ways to get out of her comfort zone. She is 26 years old and started her wellness journey four years ago while suffering with extreme bloating, which led her to discover the gut health world. Since then, she has started her own wellness business and uses her platform to add value and share her go-to tips to those going through the same thing. In this episode, we dive into food labels, the diet culture, and you will learn how to start putting yourself first on your list of priorities and how you can start to heal your relationship with food if it has become toxic Also, we dive into body shame and food shame and how we can move past those things. And Vanessa also shares her tips on how to stay motivated on the days where you don't feel like putting in that time, where you don't feel like putting in any effort. Before we dive into this amazing episode, I do want to share with you all that I have some free self-love bookmarks on my Instagram bio that you can go grab for yourself And I really just created them so that you can fill your pages with love and be reminded to speak to yourself in a loving way. So if those interest you, go ahead and go to my Instagram bio at blissfully.bloom and then you will click on my Linktree link and you will see the link to sign up for them there. And also, the doors are open for my self-love coaching program, so if you want to transform your relationship with yourself to one filled with love, light, and kindness, then go ahead and message me on my Instagram, and you can actually book a free 30-minute discovery call to see if this coaching program is a good fit for you. It's meant for those who are stuck or feel stuck and trapped in a not enough story and it's really holding them back from stepping into their full potential from allowing their heart to receive love and you even let go of those stories that you don't deserve love in your life right because those stories may be holding you back as well so in this program we really work on your beliefs transforming your beliefs around love so that you can finally tap into the truth that you are already enough as you are and you will finally not only know what that what that looks like but also what it feels like it's one thing to say that you are already enough as you are but it's another to really actually believe it and to feel it with all of your soul and i as your self-love coach and spiritual coach I would love to be your guide, to be your self-love guide and and help you and support you along your self-love journey. All right. Now, before we go ahead and get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor. Hello, welcome back to Blissfully Bloom. I have a special guest here with me today, Vanessa Petch. Welcome, Vanessa. Hi, Victoria. I'm so happy to be here with you this morning. Oh, I'm so glad to have you here with me. Now, my first question I have for you is, what is one powerful lesson you have learned that has changed your life? Oh my God, I was trying to like picture one or two things that have really changed my life in the last few years that I've been really on this wellness journey. And I think one of them, and we've probably heard it so many times is you are what you eat. And really when I started to implement that, that quote that I was hearing, like, you are what you eat, like, what does that mean? Everything kind of changed for me. I felt like 
I usually ate just kind of what I was feeling like, or if something was on the counter or I kind of wanted to eat it, I'd go ahead and eat it. And once I realized that I always say like humans are not just humans, we're bacteria and we are Mm. feeding our bacteria every single day. And we're either feeding our good bacteria or we're feeding our bad bacteria. And every time we eat something, I always now question myself, like, who am I feeding when I put this in my mouth? And a lot of the times, um, we tend with the Western culture, it's a lot of the bad bacteria that we're feeding, like mm-hmm. artificial colors and sweeteners and sugars, uh, overdose of, you know, dairy and gluten in our diet. So when I realized that the, all those things kind of played a part with my brain fog or my mood swings or my cravings or the bloating that I was having, I started to realize, okay, Vanessa, like every time you're going to eat something or every time you buy something, how are you going to react to this, right? Like mm-hmm. how will, how will this food help you? Are you feeding that good bacteria, that good bacteria? And that's kind of really changed my whole aspect on what I eat and how I go throughout the day consuming the foods that I eat now. Wow. Well, I love that too, because sometimes I even, I even go through the pantry. I'm like, hey, what is going to actually make me feel good rather than have my stomach be upset? My stomach is really, really sensitive to a lot of things. And sometimes I just, I feel like I don't think before I eat sometimes. Like I don't really think and reflect, okay, like how is this going to make me feel afterwards? Is this going to be beneficial? Yeah. And I've even realized like, cause I lost my taste and smell um, from COVID and I still don't have it back after three weeks. And I realized oh. by losing those two senses, how, how much I was just eating because I wanted to eat, or it was like a comfort to me than really eating and like tasting the food. I was just inhaling everything and I never sat down. So I'm like, whenever I get my taste back, I cannot wait just to sit down and like process my food and enjoy it. than just like eating whatever, you know, we have access to. <laughs> Yes. Oh, and I think, isn't it your smell, your sense of smell is something along the lines of 90 or 80% of your taste? Yeah. So my next question that I have for you is, could you share a bit about your own wellness journey? Yeah. So I think it goes back all the way until I was probably like, four or five. I've always been in sports. My parents always enrolled us in things. We've always had like home cooked meals. We always had this good kind of wellness routine around us. And it was really only after university when I stopped playing all the sports or competitive sports, I was living on my own, right? So I was really struggling with food and exercise to the point where I would eat very little, but exercise all the time. Or I would kind of eat a lot and then kind of cure it by going to the gym and working out crazy hours. And that really shifted my mindset on like, I was such in a habit of, you know, working out and eating. I never had the time to process. Am I fueling my body in enough ways? And I think that's something that I try to bring into my, like my teaching career is showing people the importance of both and not just focusing so much on the other. So my whole wellness journey, I guess, started kind of at like, my lowest point in my wellness journey. I think that's something that happens mm-hmm. to a lot of us is at our lowest point, we have something we can teach on or share on. And that was about four years ago. Um, I was suddenly always bloating, like painful bloating. Like sometimes I couldn't go to classes. I would always wear baggy shirts because I would blow after everything that I put in my mouth. And I was going in and out of appointments, blood tests, doctors, ultrasounds, everything you can name. And nothing was really helping me they always said like they either wanted to put me on medication or they were just like no you're fine and I was just getting so aggravated and annoyed and that's kind of when I came across gut health which I talk about a few times through my social media or a lot through my social media because that's really something that's really brought all my health journey and my wellness journey together and it was a program that really changed my life and really started to share with me you know you are what you eat whatever you consume you become and uh, helped me so much with my bloating and that's kind of something that I like to use on my pages now is showing other people and I realized women every woman that I talk to we all have some sort of digestion bloating issue that's uh, either food or stress or anxiety Mm -hmm. related And it's not something that can be just cured by a pill or just the doctors telling us that there's nothing wrong with us. Like we, we really have to focus on the root cause. And for me, I believe that all comes across in gut health and yeah, that's kind of where it all stemmed from. So a long journey of just trying to figure everything out. I'm curious, could you share a little bit more about gut health? 
to, so I'm like an elementary school teacher. So I always have these kind of like pictures that I try to imagine people's heads. So <laughs> I always have like people picture a bathtub in their head. So, you know, when we fill up the bathtub and then we go to drain it, the water just like flows back in the drain and it gets drained. But imagine like your bathtub clog, clog drain, your, your water overflows back into the tub, right? It doesn't really go mm-hmm. down. And that's kind of like our gut. So the products that we put on our body, the foods that we eat, the stress, anxiety that we have on our body, that's what clogs our drain or clogs our gut. And those toxins cannot be exited our body. So they're thrown back into our body. And those toxins are what creates brain fog, cravings, bloating, all of these things. And I can't remember which paper I was reading it from, but our body holds on. So if our gut can't drain itself, like the bathtub, we Mm. actually hold on to about eight to 12 pounds of toxic sludge from this over kind of just it can't get exited from our body and it's just holding on to that. So when people are like, oh, I'm always tired, I'm always this. Yes, four, five, six cups of coffees will keep you up, but you're not really addressing the root problem, which is your gut is just holding on to all this toxic toxicity that it has no idea what to do with. And it's just really exhausted. Wow. And it's yeah. almost, if you're not really tackling the root cause, it's only going to bubble up within and Mm-hmm. only cause more bacteria to accumulate down there in your gut. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. And it can go both ways. It can go, you know, I've seen a lot of people have trouble losing weight with their gut health. Like they could be, I know we're going to be talking about diets and stuff. They've been on every diet. They, you know, restrict them from everything and they still can't lose weight. But I've also seen people, they can't lose weight because their gut's so like full of toxins that their body's like, I don't know what to process, but I've also when yeah. people take control of their gut. I've seen them put on weight. If that's something that they wanted to, a lot of people, you know, they want to go to the gym, they want to put on weight, but they can't. But I've also seen a lot of people lose weight just by addressing their gut and get rid of those toxins without increased exercise or crazy dieting. Like it's really mm-hmm. wild what how much potential our gut has to our whole well-being and mindset as well. Mm, I started getting on as probiotics. My mom just threw it out there like, hey, if you are experiencing a lot of gut issues because I feel like my whole life I have not to be (laughs) I don't want to throw too TMI out there but things like a lot of bloating as well as you were saying Mm -hmm. and she was like maybe this will help if you add in more good bacteria because I know that that's what probiotics are right yeah a new little supplement that I added in to my um, those are huge and Mm -hmm. like a lot of people don't realize, and there's also that side of like, oh, I don't want to take supplements. I get it in my foods, but there, you have to eat a lot, a lot, a lot of food to get certain supplements to the right rank in your body. And for pre and probiotics, pre and probiotics, it's those little things that you do every single day. And it's something that people, any person can do any busy, not busy, uh, mom, dad, you know, anyone could just add in the routine and it literally can help so, so much. Mm-hmm. And I did see a difference for sure. I was like, man, there's something going on here with these pills. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And so I would love to know what is your own definition of wellness and why should listeners really understand the importance of it? So for wellness, for me at first, when I started my wellness journey, I thought it was like avocado toast, Buddha bowls, all these kinds of things, food related. But now that I've been on my wellness journey for almost four years now, I realized it's a bunch of things and it comes to mindset. It comes to gut health. It comes to self-care and it also has to deal with, you know, keeping our anxiety and stress in intact as well. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned stress and anxiety a lot because it is 2022. A lot of people have things on their plate and that's something that can really harm our wellness and our gut health as well. But I say that because our body is pretty much a machine or even our brain is a machine and it's wired to really keep us into our comfort zone and it's wired uh, so we follow along in our habits. So it's very hard for us to start a wellness journey. You know, how many people, you know, get gym memberships to the gym in January and then it's packed January, February, and there's no one left in March because everyone's kind of given up. And that's because our wellness really has to do about our habits and how we go through each day, just like that probiotic that you're taking. That's a new habit that you're, you're adding to your routine. So wellness to me is kind of all of that mush together. It's doing what you said you were going to do long after that feeling is gone. So I always say it's you versus you and wellness. I'm thinking of Easter because I'm 
we're, we're recording this at Easter time, but you know, I've eaten a lot of chocolate and even that old habit of mine, like, oh, starting tomorrow, I'm not going to eat chocolate. I'm going to, you know, walk every single day. And those are two important things. We shouldn't be consuming as much chocolate as we do. And we should be walking and exercising every single day. But how many of us will actually take that initiative and actually do it? So it's as important wellness of going to the gym and eating healthy, but wellness is also mindset. It's also focusing on our self-care and saying those things that we said we were going to do long after the feeling is gone. I think that's my definition of wellness as like a whole, that whole like body mind connection. Yes. I love that, that you're not like separating it because a lot of times it's like, okay, we go to the eye doctor, we go to our Mm -hmm. physical doctor or yeah, I guess you would call it physical doctor. Yeah. Like regular, your regular general regular. doctor. And then you go to the woman's doctor. It's all these like separate doctors. So mm. it can stem from, okay, since these are separated, then all of them are separated. Like my woman's health is separated from my cardiovascular health, but it, like all in all, like we are all one, we're living in one body. So that means it's like it's one. all integrated and to mm. focus in on pretty much everything is important. It's not just one over the other. Yeah. Like, cause like, if you don't have the mindset of becoming the best version of yourself every single day, then you're not going to go to the gym and you're not going to eat healthy. Cause you don't really have that respect for, you know, who you're becoming, but, and then if you eat well, but no, you need the mindset. Cause if, even if you eat well and you go to the gym, you obviously have that good mindset to get you there. So it really goes over your mindset and your mindset's not going to change like that. Like the amount of podcasts I listen to books, I read people, I, you know, I'm at their feet, just like taking all their information and it all comes around that. And that leads to, I think, a better wellness um, aspect in your life. Yes, yes, for sure. Because then if you are, I guess, planning on starting a new, a new lifestyle, really changing what you eat, changing how you're exercising, but then in your mind, you're like, oh, I can't do this. Like your, your beliefs are around, I don't deserve this, or I don't think I can do this because I failed in the past and you're still focusing on I'm a failure, then that's going to be the back driver of all of your actions whenever you're trying to change those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think about labels? So labeling, maybe you're labeling a cookie as good or bad. How can we start to move away from this labeled thinking? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's something on my wellness journey was something I was obsessed with before was just like checking the labels, you know, how much carbs, how much sugar. And I think that's all important, but I think, and in this kind of talk, I want to talk about like consumer versus, you know, the consumer, like we, as people we're being sold to every single day and Mm -hmm. the companies or corporations do such a good job in telling humans that they should count calories, not ingredients. So for me, when I'm looking at a label, I'm not necessarily, yes, I'm looking at the sugar and stuff, but for me, something's not good or bad unless I look at the ingredients because something can be 90 calories for three cookies, but you look in their ingredients and they have sucrose, they have palm oil, um, you know, they have coloring yellow, like yellow number five, which is awful or caramel color. So yes, you can look at the labels, but it's so important to realize that it all comes down to ingredients and it doesn't come down to calories, needless to say. So I think by moving ourselves away from calories and being so obsessed with the ingredients, I know Tony Robbins says something like, he was interviewing someone and he said, if there's like five or six, you shouldn't buy something with like five or six more ingredients. And that's a bit hard. Like I've tried to do that and it is hard, especially in the Western world there's a lot of fillers and so it really comes down to whole foods it does take time more time than you do at a grocery when just grabbing stuff it does Mm -hmm. take more time but at the end of the day our gut health will be happy our mindset will be happy and I will also want to clarify as well as like you can indulge in things like I'm not saying you can never you know our gut health is probably not going to be the best when you do grab an alcoholic drink or you do go for a cookie or a cupcake or chocolate on Easter but the good thing about this is if you're living I always promote an 80-20 lifestyle so you know looking at labels as good as bad I don't like that because I really think if we focus more on okay 80% of the you know the week I'm going to focus on fueling my good bacteria and that 20% is really you know I'm going to go out with for supper and I'm going to 
enjoy myself because it is life at the end of the day. We only live mm-hmm. once. So if we're always looking at labels as good and bad, we're kind of losing out on that whole experience of eating and just having fun and those memories that are created with maybe a wine in our hand or with a chocolate cake in front of us. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my intake on labels. Yeah, yeah, because I do feel like, okay, where is the enjoyment in it if you're constantly mm-hmm. thinking in your head and ruminating and through your thoughts like, oh, what is going to happen? What are the consequences of me eating this? Or mm-hmm. what are the benefits of me eating this? And mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, going back to you said, like, eat what makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you'll understand that once you start eating different kinds of foods and really creating different recipes for yourself. It's almost like an experiment to see what you actually like and don't like, and then taking into account, okay, how's my body responding to this and saving those recipes for later. Because if you do feel good, if you do come out of it and feel so energized and, Mm -hmm. and not like you want to just sit on the couch all day long because your tummy is hurting, then I think those are the recipes that may be beneficial for you to keep on your in your recipe book that you continuously make and then share to your own kids and your grandchildren and on and, and so forth so yeah and it's as simple as like you know when you're on that and I'm sure everyone's kind of had that journey of when they've kind of been you know following what they eat and exercising and listening to the right people and all of these things they kind of for me on my wellness journey when I'm totally zoned in onto it I don't crave any bad or processed food. I'm literally craving salads or like fruits and veggies, like whole foods, whole grains, all of these things. So that's an alarm for my brain is when I'm do, I am craving those things. I'm like, Oh, Vanessa, you are off balance. And that kind of triggers something in my mind being like, okay, Vanessa, you've enjoyed yourself for a day or two. Let's go back. Let's go back onto that. You know, that 80% lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Because isn't I'm just kind of curious to know, does it become more addictive if you are continuously putting those sugary, more processed foods in your body? Yeah, it becomes addiction and almost you're turning it into a habit as well. So mm-hmm. I'm always going back to habits, but if we always have dessert after supper or we always, you know, after we come back from work and we go to the cabinet and grab a muffin or a cupcake or something, now you've turned it into a habit. So that's mm-hmm. more dangerous than being addicted to it because it's very hard for humans to break their habits. So if you see yourself like, oh, I'm drinking two cups of coffee in the morning and when I get home, I drink a cup of coffee and then I have one after supper. You're not only addicted to those things, but now you've put a habit and that's like those pathways in your brain that you've now created which is like now you need to break and make a new one so it's not as bad as the addiction it's as bad as now it's become a habit that you need to now break Mm -hmm. yeah because it's almost like when your example of going to grab the coffee and make your coffee are you even aware of doing that probably not if it is becoming a habit and you don't even have to think about it anymore so It's definitely even that when you're grabbing certain snack food items, like what you're more drawn to is probably, it can be a habit as well. If you're constantly going and snacking for the cookies or the chips, like depending on what you are drawn to. And I even noticed this in myself the other day, I was like, I have grapes and apples and here I am grabbing more of the like salty foods or grabbing Ah. more of the sweet foods and I was like I even like forgot that I had the grapes and the apples in my uh fridge I was like maybe I need to start putting these out so that I could see them yeah it's it's really wild it's like you have a full fridge but you still want to go out to eat or take takeout it's like what I don't you know it's like your brain is so powerful Right, right. I'm like, okay, I have all this stuff to make. I have this, all this stuff to, to meal prep, but mm-hmm. then am I drawn to more of the easy route? Mm-hmm. Going to the drive there. It, it is easy, yeah. but it, is easy always the best choice? So, yeah. <laughs> I always, I came up with, quote. Well, I know it's not related, but it's like nothing comes easy and no one wants nothing. So whenever I kind of follow myself going towards that easy route, I'm like, oh, Vanessa, like you, you versus you, you, you know, you have to be building your habits. So mm-hmm. made me think of that. Yes. So I want to dive into putting ourselves first. So how can we start putting ourselves first on the list of our priorities? Mm. 
So for me, and like another thing that we've probably heard before is you really can't pour yourself from an empty cup. And I saw this, this video on YouTube, and I'm sure if you, if you, you know, YouTube it, it's this woman, she's kind of stacks up all her cups in front of her. Like there's four at the bottom, three, two, and one. And she takes mm -hmm. a half full cup and she fills up the, and she goes over the cups and she fills it up. And there's only one, you know, one cup that gets filled. And then she fills up a whole, her whole cup and she pulls it down the, you know, onto the cups and they all get filled. And I was like, that is so powerful because yes, you know, we've always heard that you can't fill, fill things from an empty cup. What does that actually mean? What can you, what can we take away from that? And I thought of each cup as some, as a priority that I have that first cup, me, that second cup, my job, my business, my third cup, you know, friends, family, my habits that I'm creating, you know, if I'm not putting myself as a top priority, then I, and I always bring it back to, I'm an elementary school teacher. So I always see parents coming back from, you know, they're totally exhausted and parents tend to put their work and their kids before themselves. And mm -hmm. what that does is a, it teaches their kids that putting time aside for you is not important and to drain yourself. And it also has your kids come home to, you know, an exhausted parent who is just exhausted. And what does that do is just turning on the TV or, or watching the news. And so kids are, they're taught what they're caught. So if they're mm -hmm. always, you know, watching their mom and dad doing these things, then they're going to catch up on these things. So putting ourselves for, first, putting a time on when you're going to go to bed, when you're going to wake up, the amount of days that you're going to go to the gym, meal prepping, what you're going to do. You really need to have like your own, like I have it, like my me schedule. And I, I set it up the night before and I check throughout the day that I'm done it. And it really gives you that sense of like satisfaction that you're like, I'm putting myself and it's not to be in a selfish way. You know, like a lot of people mm -hmm. like, you know, it's a lot of me culture. It's like me, 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 millennials are very like me focused and all those things. And it's not more about, oh, I'm better than this person. And I need to like focus on me. It's really like that cup scenario that I was sharing with you. The more mm -hmm. that you have, the more dance parties, the more meditation, the more food that you're eating that will fuel you you'll be able to give your energy to someone else. Cause I'm sure if I woke up after, you know, I didn't get my sleep. I didn't eat the proper meal this morning. I didn't have our dance party. I didn't, you know, drink my water. I would probably be on the zoom. Like Meh. I didn't prioritize myself because if I can't prioritize myself, I'm not giving any information or energy through this podcast is what I really want. So you really mm -hmm. need to think of, yes, you're putting yourself first, but by putting you first, you're helping all the people around you. So true. So true. And I even, I even find that my, my mood does kind of slip into down the mountain instead of up the mountain, if that makes sense. Yep. I mean, if I skip out on my morning routine, if I skip out on moving my body throughout the day, whenever my boyfriend comes home, I will be more snappy. I will be more on edge mm -hmm. and it has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with me because I was the one mm -hmm. who made those choices and I'm almost kind of mad at myself for skipping out on them whenever I do find myself doing that which I, I'm I'm trying to definitely not not take that path of skipping out because I definitely know what it feels like to skip out so yeah and it almost feels worse you know when you're like oh should I go to the gym like that feeling than not going to the gym like I feel like it's the worst feeling of not going not showing up than actually just putting your shoes on and walking to the gym kind of picking those battles like oh well I don't want to deal with me not showing up to the gym and then having that guilty feeling towards it when yeah. I said I was gonna go I feel like that's even worse than like just fighting within your brain of like should I go mm -hmm. should I not you never regret going to the gym you always feel good afterwards mm -hmm. you always feel good after eating a well-balanced yeah. meal as well too so it goes hand in hand it's like I know a lot of people are probably listening to this podcast and they're and a lot of times they're like, oh, well, you know, I just don't have the time for that. Right. And it's really about making the time because for me, so like life for me is like our work, um, you know, everything that, you know, from cooking to buying groceries to kids to work, that's just like life. Right. That's what, what every human does. But it's really on the times after life you do life. Like, what are the times you're, what are you filling in between those gaps? I think humans should be doing so much more. Like I said, we're machines. Our, our brains are run as machines as habits. So making the time after you've done the life things to put yourself and make yourself a priority and, and fill up your cup. It's not having the time. It's like, will you make the time, time for that? Yeah. And we have the power to do that. We have the power to create our own schedules because we're our own individual person. And 
-hmm. It'll almost be like a little domino effect on, okay, if I am putting myself first, then everyone else is going to notice that. And they're going to be like, oh, what are you doing? You look so happy. You look so content right now. So I want to move into the diet culture. What are your thoughts about it? So the diet culture, I was trying to like put a word to it. There's not really any word that I can do except for like, it annoys me a lot. And I know that's not some sort of like, you know, proper word that we can use to, to describe the diet culture. And the reason why it annoys me is it really puts stress on the consumer. And like I said, we're always being sold to as humans, you're always being sold to by a company or a corporation. And so if we are if we are giving our money to a company or, or a corporation that promotes, because diet culture for me promotes quick and easy, rapid results. Mm-hmm. And for me, we know, you know, humans love microwave success. We love when things come fast. We love that TV turns on a click of a button or we can find out what 80 times 10 million is in a, on our calculator. Or we can mm-hmm. figure out what's happening in anywhere of the world. We love that rapid success. So when a company or a corporation is, their diet culture is all around promoting a product or a program that gives you quick, rapid results. It annoys me because what that will do is, yes, that human will see a result. They'll probably lose a lot of weight, right? They'll probably feel, I don't even think they'll feel better. They'll lose a lot of weight and they'll be happy with how they look, but they hasn't created any habit because it's probably taken them two weeks to lose those pounds. So you haven't created a habit. And when they go back into that lifestyle, because that diet or product hasn't really told them how to change their lifestyle or learned, told them about gut health or habits, then that human, I say humans because it's a man, woman, like anyone we're always being sold to is that they feel they're broken and they feel that they aren't capable of living that life that they thought that product or that program was going to help them with. So they end up feeling like, well, nothing works for me. There's no point of going to the gym. There's no point of buying healthy food because I did that program last year or two years ago or last month, I lost the weight, but I gained it all back. So it annoys me in that way. It really shows the consumer that we don't have the control over it. They don't promote healthy habits focused on, on gut health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's almost like, okay, do this here. Here's the solution to lose weight in two weeks or in a month. And then you're like, okay, well, what, what happens after that? Because if you're losing, if they're promoting losing 20 pounds in a month or two weeks, that's definitely not going to be healthy if you continue working on that program because you're going to eventually be in the stage of like an eating disorder and you're going to be on the verge of like being underweight. So I feel like that's definitely not a long-term solution for sure. And then that comes into, you know, counting macros or counting calories or counting points. It's like, I won't commit to a program or I won't commit to a product if I can't use it my whole, like if I can't incorporate it into a habit, because if I can't incorporate in a habit, then I'm, I'm going to forget about it. And then it also comes down to, can I use this product as a long-term? Cause some of them are like, stop after seven days because it's like literally burning your inside. So that also is a trigger of like, well, what am I actually putting on my body? What am I actually fueling my body with? So if you can't, yeah. it really, it really creates those, a lot of like I have TikTok and Instagram and I follow a lot of people who are into wellness and stuff, but it also creates that urge that drive of, oh, she's doing this. So I should count points or, oh, she has this result. So I should take this product, but we're always being sold to. So that influencer might be, you know, being told by the company, you know, promote this pre-workout or promote this protein powder. And then you look at the ingredients you're like, okay, but she obviously, I don't even know if she uses this because if she was, you know, all about wellness and gut health, I don't think she'd be promoting this product. So it comes down to really recognizing that we're always being sold to. And can Mm -hmm. we diet culture because diet just means food so can we can we make a diet that is sustainable throughout our life that we can live that 80 20 lifestyle Mm -hmm. and that even makes me think of whenever you're saying counting the calories counting the macros and all of that have you ever seen the show wife swap no it's this super old old show where basically two celebrity moms they sometimes had celebrities they switched houses and they were usually the complete opposites okay and there was this one mom who was really really go with the flow she kind of cooked 
here and there. And then this other mom who had a husband who was very, very strict on counting calories and all that. And he would even count his carrots, like down to the nitty gritty, little bitty things, anything that he put in his mouth. And I was like, that is so extreme. So it even can be to the more extreme side as well. I feel like there's, there's all these different, I guess, a scale, if you will, of of how on on which side you're on but I was always like oh my gosh when I saw that episode because his son they had a son too he was going to grow up to have that need to count everything that he puts in his mouth as well so I think the swap mom ended up kind of instilling in his mind you know you don't have to count everything you know you you Mm -hmm. can let loose and just eat whenever you're hungry you know and not have to take in all of that time to do that because it obviously took them like I don't know maybe 20 30 minutes to do yeah. that the way everything that's wild <laughs> yeah yeah that's what it reminded me of I just saw that episode a few days ago <laughs> I was like oh my gosh perfect so timing. <laughs> I know I know I, how can we begin to heal the relationship with food if it's if there is some type of toxic uh, relationship going on how can we begin to move that to a more loving relationship, to a more healthy relationship with food? I'm going to say time first, because you really have to be patient and you really have to take the time. You know, I started like four years ago and still to this day, I'll still have some things that like come into my mind or things that pop up. I'm like, "Mm, you know, this thing is testing me or wow, this is like an old habit that's coming back into my mind. So people first need to be, be patient um, because Mm -hmm. even if I give you tips and tricks, like everything that you've taken from today, if you're not patient, if you're looking for you know, quick and easy ways to get results. You're just going to get frustrated. So the first thing is just being patient. You've created these habits for years and years. If you're, I'm almost 27. I've had these, you know, habits for almost over 20 years now. So trying to break it in one or two months, it's not going to happen four years in and these things still pop up in my mind. So one of them though, being when I, when I realized is when I was trying to break that kind of unhealthy relationship with food is once I realized like, okay, well I need to eat healthy. I need to go to the gym. I, I need to count these points, all these things. And I just gave up what I love to do, which was to bake and to cook because I thought for me, wellness was salads and you couldn't eat any sugar or like any sweets or anything that tasted good. You couldn't have. So Mm -hmm. I gave up all of that. So when I was trying to fix my relationship with food, it would always, I would always break it because I'm like, well, this is boring. Like I can't do anything that I love. And so when you're trying to fix your relationship with food, see how you can, you know, I started making, you know, instead of brownies from the box, I started making like delicious avocado brownies with dark chocolate, um, vegan chips. I, yeah, like I made protein balls. I made Twix bars with protein. Like I made, I started doing things that I was always eating or wanted to eat, but I made it into a way where it wouldn't spike my blood sugar or it won't give me, you know, these cravings or upset my gut in any way. So the first thing is, if you want to fix your relationship with food is don't feel like you're, you have to give up anything to see results, Mm. start studying different ingredients for me was buying cookbooks or having a whole Pinterest board on healthy, healthy foods. I'm obsessed with pre-making my food and my pre-making is not chicken and broccoli like a lot of us will see on Instagram it's really like Buddha bowls it's Ooh. I made like pad thai kale pad thai like I have a bunch of yummy recipes that they almost tasted better than what I was making before and kind of like my pre-health wellness journey and mm-hmm. so it's really just recognizing right like your, your, your relationship with food is always going to be there. You're always going to be tested and triggered in different situations. But going back to that first question, you asked me something that you've kind of changed for you was recognize, you know, what you are, what you eat. So I'm like, okay, Vanessa, I am what I eat. So I want to eat something colorful. I want to eat something delicious. I want to eat something organic, non-toxic, you know, not wrapped in plastic because I don't want that plastic coming into my food, right? We have microplastics now in human body, which is crazy and scary. Who do I want to be, right? I don't want to be some sort of like colorless, heavy, like blob of something like that's not who I want to be like I want to be you know I want to have all this confidence and you know all of these things so I started like every time I picked up a fruit or something going back to that question at the beginning of our podcast of your podcast I am what I eat and just giving that time to continue to make the things that I love create a Pinterest board even a vision board about your goals and where you want to be in a few months and really understanding the ingredients at the end of the day and not the calories or the fats or the carbs Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I do totally agree with that. And almost taking that mindset of 
not focusing more on the looks, but focusing more on the feeling of how you want your body to feel and then eating foods that make you feel how you want to feel. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Continuously. And I almost think of whenever you were saying, oh, do I want to look like this or, or be like this plastic wrapped food or something like that? <laughs> what was that? I like the kind of like clumpy, dark, like yes. clumpy, <laughs> yeah. clumpy, dark food. I almost thought of almost find that food whenever you're creating it and cooking it and baking. It's like an art. You can create different shapes out of it have different colors add in all of the I mean there's literally not every single color you can think of but a a good range of colors so and then we ourselves are art our bodies are art so really taking into that account too is your food is art you are art and you're beautiful as you are and you can actually eat foods and create something really beautiful and then eat it and so it's like a I don't know a little a little cycle eating things that are beautiful and then feeling beautiful from the inside out Mm -hmm. and kind of like playing on that art thing like you're not gonna you want to like you know paint the next Mona Lisa you're not gonna take a brush that you'd paint your your house with to paint it you'd go and fine print and pick the best tool that you can create that painting with and that's for you the foods the exercise the people you hang out with the things that you are learning that all comes into play with your relationship and your wellness journey mm-hmm. now I would love to know what can we do about body shame or food shame yeah I'm like such a quote person so I know I'm just like saying a bunch of quotes but I and I teach my kids this too is I always say you know hurt people hurt people and heal people heal people And so I take it as if someone took the time to come on my page and, you know, comment about who I am as a person or comment on my body shape or comment about the food that I'm eating, they're really just showing me what's hurting them inside. Their hurt comes from the, their hate that they have within themselves. Like, cause usually we, when we're annoyed with someone or we, you know, hate on someone, it's something that's reflected back on us. So Mm -hmm it kind of like overflows on that. And I always say like, I've had a business for over four years now and I will never take business advice from someone not in the business. So if you're on your wellness journey or if you feel like people are commenting on your photos or, you know, body shaming you or food shaming or like, why are you eating that? Or you shouldn't eat this, blah, blah, blah. Just think of it like, okay, do they have the lifestyle or the body or the mindset that I want to have? And if it's no, then you block them, you delete the comment, you kind of erase that because don't take advice from people who have what you don't want, mm-hmm. if that makes sense in in any way. And and just not letting them become the main character in your story. Like if you're on your journey and if you're really loving what you're doing and you're really enjoying what you're doing, don't have someone else question that for you. Yes, yes. And, and it's almost like not taking everything to heart. Yeah. You know, because like you said, it's something that's going on with them. It's not about you at all. If they are making you feel worse about yourself or making you feel just really not good at all, mm-hmm. that's something that's that they have to deal with. It's a they, mm-hmm. it's a they thing, not a you thing. Mm-hmm. It can be hard too when mm-hmm. if you're the type of person to really rely on others for that mm-hmm. uh, sense of sense of love yeah. or sense of acceptance. And letting that go can be really hard. But once you start to do that, it's really powerful because it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of you or comments that they have about you because you have a strong foundation within yourself and you know your worth, you know that you are loved, you know that you are enough as you are. So, And I love how you said that because my kind of routine on my Instagram and social media at the beginning of my wellness routine, I really, you know, shared with foods that I was eating and yeah, posting a lot of foods I was eating, you know, working out all of these things. And the thing that came to my mind was I always got comments from friends being like, Vanessa, you're already like skinny and what is skinny? You don't need to be watching what you eat. You don't need to go to the gym. And I was like, this is so toxic. Like who said that being skinny is healthy? Like I know the the skinniest people, let's say weight wise, and they eat the worst, you know, the worst food. So we have this kind of barrier of like what the outer, you know, what they look like is how they're inside as well. And it's like, no, like your outer can be a total opposite to what your gut 
is. And so for people yeah. to be like, oh, you don't need to watch your food. You don't need to go to the gym because you're already skinny. I was like, really? Is that what, is that why we're eating healthy and going to the gym is for how we look? Like I'm trying to live as long as I can. So that's not why yeah. I'm going to the gym or eating healthy. I'm trying to be on this planet for as long as that I can. Mm, I do love that too. And it's crazy that you said that because I even was on my Instagram stories. And I don't know if you've heard of this teacher, Joe. Uh, I'm, her last name is not ringing a bell, but she, she, she goes to the gym regularly and she had just a comment the other day saying, you're, you're too skinny. And, you know, what are you doing here? And she even said, oh, well, I've been working for the last 10 years to not be skinny. Like she wants to be strong not skinny. And then to have somebody comment that about her, like that, that just kind of, you know, took her the wrong way. And she definitely, she did say something to the person. She didn't let that slide and pretended like it didn't happen or just please them and be like, Oh yeah. She actually went out of her way to speak her voice of truth and set boundaries and be like, you know what? It's not really appropriate. And it's not, something along the lines of, okay, your opinions about my body should be like kept in your mind. You know, like you don't, you don't need to like speak and put thoughts and beliefs about my body to, to me because they're, they're my own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like unnecessary opinions that people kind of voice. And then we're like, oh, you know, and then we have it in our mind. And then, yeah. How do you stay motivated on the days where you don't feel like putting in any effort or time Mm-hmm. I'm like, like the queen of being motivated all the time, but I've realized why I'm always motivated all the time is because I've realized that you're only motivated three days out of the month. So that's not a lot. That's like what, 36 or something days out of the year. And so what I realized oh. is it's not about motivation. It's about inspiration and it's about knowing where you're going. So if you're waiting to be motivated to eat healthy, go to the gym every single day, you're not you know, I'll want to go to the gym, maybe yeah, twice or three times a month. I'll be like, yes, I'm going to the gym. The other days I do not want to be there. I feel like I can be doing something else better with my time. So what I've, you know, helped with me, and maybe this will help someone listening, I hope is get rid of motivation and look for inspiration. So recognize every single morning, there's a reason why the snooze button is a lot bigger than the stop button. We are meant to just, you know, live out our life and go through life daily and recognizing that it's you versus you write out your schedule the night before, like I said, and then go throughout the day and like, okay, I did this, I did this, I did this. I even set alarms throughout the day. So if I said I was going to the gym at two, I have an alarm set at 1.30 because I should be getting my butt out that door. If I said at 10, I'm going to be doing some, this something for my business, or I'm going to be creating content for my business, or I'm supposed to be, I don't know, doing something. I have, you should see the alarms. I have alarms every single day to make sure that I'm on task. I have vision boards. I have post-it notes every around my day. So I'm constantly in that wave and that mentality of where I'm going. And it's also is keeping accountability partners. So one of my friends even said, and I don't know if someone, anyone could do this because it might not work at your gym, but he said, you know, I have this big goal for me since the beginning of 2022 is I'll go to the gym five days a week. And I've told, you know, my trainer and the owner of the gym is these are the days that I should be at the gym. And if I don't give them a week ahead of time that I can't be there, they text me. And if I'm not there, they text me and say, well, where are you? And it's, they're not close to him. They're not friends with him. So they don't mind being like, why aren't you here? Like you gave up on kind of giving that like tough love. And so he's like, I feel if I don't go to the gym and having these random people like go out of their day to message me, I'm like, well, I'm kind of inconveniencing them. So I need to be there. And little things like that, having those accountability partners, I was listening to a podcast and he said, have 10 accountability partners where if you're going to the gym, he had those people at the gym. He had his girlfriend, he had, um, you know, his gym partners at the gym. He had things that he was counting like protein wise. So he had to go to the gym to keep his pro all these crazy things. So like keeping yourself accountable and having 10, you know, lines of people to keep you accountable for your goals, because you're not going to be motivated. And if you want to do something, you can't really do it alone. You need Mm -hmm. other people to kind of keep you motivated or keep you inspired. And that could just be a podcast. That could be you downloading podcasts and every single morning, listening to one while you get ready for work. So those are kind of some ways that I've stayed motivated or disciplined on my journey. Yes. Yes. And I even, I even felt that this morning, I mean, you're not going to get up every morning feeling the same way. No. So it's, 
realizing and recognizing that and understanding that, okay, but you can do something about that. If you don't feel as motivated as you did a week ago or even yesterday, what can you do to, like you said, feel more inspired, feel more energized to, to move forward with your dreams, to move forward with your goals and, and show up for yourself every single day? So what advice do you have to bring about more balance to our lives? Okay, so people might like hate me on this part, but I believe that there's no such thing as balance. So I am a firm believer that there's no such thing as balance. And because I feel like the two things that people are always trying to balance is their life and work. And for me, if I had to balance one, it's always going to be work. Like who just wants to balance life and work? Come on, like it's 2022. We have so many amazing things that we can be doing, traveling the world. There's no one out there that's gonna be like I choose work every single day and I want to balance my life with like it just doesn't make sense to me so first of Mm -hmm. all I don't believe in balance and also the I was reading a book uh, from the COO of Facebook and she was saying especially women we have this idea of we need to be balanced because how many movies have and it's the movie always comes to mind is the shopaholic or the life of a shopaholic and she's trying to do all these things like the girlfriend she has a business or a job she's doing all these things and she always has all her bags and she looks like a complete mess and I feel like all of those movies always have a woman trying to do a bunch of things and she's a complete mess you've never seen mm-hmm. a woman in a role in a movie where she is on top of her game and she has a full yeah. schedule we only see women who have who have control over the schedule when they're maybe stay at home and they maybe have a few girl nights out like that. And then they're like, oh yeah, they're relaxed and stuff. So women have this picture already that they should not strive or go after or fill up their schedule because they're going to be this, you know, crazy woman with one shoe on their pants, you know, reverse their shirt reverse. And we're scared. Like, I honestly think women are scared to fill up their schedule and have this balance. So for me, I just don't think that there's a balance, but there is I feel like my life is jam-packed and I love that. When people are like, you're so busy, Vanessa, I'm like, thank you. I'm here to live out my life. Like you're only here to live once. We've heard that so many times, but are you actually, you know, jamming pack your schedule so you live out once? But if you're always trying to micromanage things or you're trying to, you know, you're trying to see ahead of the future before it is and trying to control things before they happen, you're really just going to exhaust yourself. And the balancing part for me is I always choose life. So if you want to look for a balance, maybe just understand right now, if you kind of get in this loop or your schedule's crazy, just be like, well, Vanessa said, there's no such thing as balance. And if I'm putting out what I really want to do, then that's fine with me. And we shouldn't Mm -hmm. strive to have balance. I know it's probably not something you maybe wanted to hear, but that's personally like what I have as, you know, how can we, can we have more balance in our lives? I just don't think there is any. And um, if there is something we should always be having you know, we should unbalance our life. Like we should have more life and less work or more of what we love and less of what we don't love. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like pertaining to your values, like what is truly important to you and then have that be the forefront. And I did think of a book, I think it's Girl Stop Apologizing by Rachel Hollis. She was saying that exact same thing that, oh, we have this idea in our mind where we actually can balance our work life relationships and social life all of that but there really is truly no balance so I (laughs) I do agree with you on that one I just wanted to see if your thoughts about it about balance and I mean as we move through our lives there's going to be different there's going to be different phases of our lives right and and during those different phases work may be at the forefront if you're starting a new career if you or if you're retiring, you may find time more to relax more or travel more. Or, I mean, you don't have to travel more when you retire. You can do that and while you're young. But it's really up to you, like what you prefer to do and then have that be at the forefront. But then always keeping making sure that you're putting yourself first. Like your, your needs are, are actually keeping in mind your needs and what you need to feel nourished and, and whole. Yeah, exactly. Like that doesn't mean like your life is so chaotic. Like my life is not chaotic. I'm busy. I'm productive. I realized I don't have time to maybe cook all the healthiest meals that I want to. So now I've hired a a service that delivers pre-made food to me. That's healthy from a local uh, restaurant. So those are some things I still go and get, you know, my massages and I go to the spa and I have my glass of wine and I have all these things, but 
that's not just my, what my life is. Like I also have those crazy days where I'm grinding, grinding and hustling. And, but then I have those off days as well. So it's kind of a whole bounce, but I have my schedule. I know I'm not just going throughout the day. I guess I could do that. I guess I could do it. No, it's like Monday you're doing this, Vanessa, sit down, set your alarms, do it. Tuesday you're doing this. And then I have something to look forward. Maybe Saturdays, you know, I usually go to the spa so or a massage. Like I usually look forward to those things, but I'm also looking forward to my hustle because I know what I'm doing right now is going to build that future life for me as chaotic as it is. Mm-hmm. Now, I would love to know where can listeners connect with you, Vanessa? Yeah, so I have an Instagram account, Vanessa's Voyage. So V A N E S S A S V O Y A G E, Vanessa's Voyage. And then I have a twin, so I'm a twin. So I have a TikTok uh, with my twin sister called T with Twins. And instead of an S, since it was already taken, it's with a Z. So those are like some two places that you can can find me. Amazing. Make sure to go follow her accounts. And my last question I have, it's really a signature question to wrap everything up. And I ask all of my guests this, what does it mean to blissfully bloom? Mm-hmm. Blissfully for me and bloom, like putting them together. I, I think it's so fun because blissful for me is really just, you know, that moment where like, even right now, like I have the sun kind of on me, like that really like sun's on you you're just like relaxing you're doing those things that's like one of my main goals that I have in life is like one day one moment of the day I'm sitting in the sun and I'm just doing something for myself and blissfully to me means just like extreme or I guess to everyone it's extreme happiness like that I was looking up the definition I was like what does it actually mean and so it's extreme happiness so like that you know when you're sitting in that sun that lawn chair just focusing on you just having the best life and you kind of have that moment where like I'm living just literally my best life right now, but it's also allowing you to bloom. So it's like enjoying those little times that you put on yourself and knowing that, like we mentioned this whole podcast, you're working on yourself, you're filling up your cup, you're doing what's necessary, but you're not stressed on when you'll bloom. You're not stressed when you'll get that paycheck that you're looking for, or you'll get that bonus, or you'll get that raise, or you'll get that promotion, or you'll get those, you know, the six pack, if that's something you're striving for, the gym goal that you're trying to hit. So for me, it's really like, enjoying those moments, being extremely happy with where you're going because you're doing the work, but you have no timeline for your goals. You have no timeline to like your bloomingness of where, when you'll kind of explode. So that's kind of something that how, when you said those two words, I'm like, okay, that's like the picture. I'm like, I'm doing my work. I'm in the sunshine. I'm, I'm hustling. I'm grinding. I'm also putting myself in self-care, but I also have no timeline because I'm going to continue doing this until I get what I said I was going to do. Uh, way, way before, like four years ago. So that's something that I really thought of. Well, beautifully said. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. I absolutely had so much fun having you on the show. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Victoria. Like it means a lot. And I hope some people grab some nuggets and start adapting it into their lives and just, you know, changing daily little habits that they're creating for themselves. Yes, thank you. I absolutely loved having Vanessa on the podcast. She is just such a light and I can just see and I can just truly see her genuine, her deep, genuine passion for health and wellness and mindset and habits. I mean, I just loved hearing her wisdom around everything that we talked about today. And I do want to share a few key takeaways and one of them being you are what you eat. I can definitely agree with that. I mean, I can tell whenever I eat something that makes me feel completely sick I just want to lay in bed all day. I feel so sluggish and just unmotivated, uninspired. I can definitely know that it came literally before it came from what I ate. And and I will feel that difference as soon as I eat something. So make sure that you are being mindful of what you consume. The information that you consume in your mind is important, yes, but also what you eat, right? You want to eat what makes your body feel alive, what makes your body feel so nourished, so energized, and ready to tackle on the day. So, and this can be a really fun experiment, right? You can really try different recipes and see which ones work for you, which one 
makes you feel amazing, right? You can tell a difference between eating something that makes you feel like, ugh, like a yucky feeling or the ones that make you feel so stinking confident, so stinking on fire, right? Another key takeaway is something that Vanessa mentioned is the you versus you, right? Nobody else is going to force you to do the things that you want to do. It's up to you to put yourself first on the list of your priorities. It's up to you to schedule in time for yourself, schedule in time for those bubble baths, time to move your body, do yoga, go for a bike wa- a bike ride, go for a walk, go take that new class. It's up to you to, to do the things that you know are going to light your soul up and continue to choose them each and every day. If you enjoyed the episode today, go ahead and screenshot it and tag me on your Instagram with your biggest takeaway from today. And also, I would love if you leave the podcast a review and a rating that would just literally warm my heart and make me feel so grateful. So please do that if you have time, but I will see you in the next episode. Bye.